to The Book Place. I'm Salem Buchanan. And I'm Mercy Case. We're two sisters talking about books, reading, and what's bringing us joy right now. Each week, we'll talk about our current reads and then go in-depth on one bookish topic. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another week of the Book Place podcast. This is episode four. How are you, Merce? I'm doing well. How are you? Very excited to be recording together today. I know. We are actually in the same place, not recording over phone, which is really nice. So we might even sound more similar. (laughs) So apologies. (laughs) Yep. And we've rigged up a uh, sort of blanket fort situation (laughs) to try and get some good recording better sound so let us know how it goes yeah because <laughs> we're, we're it's hilarious for us so we'll try not to uh to laugh too much <laughs> cool well we'll get straight into it with some of our current reads shortly um our bookish discussion of today is going to be non-fiction so we're going to just discuss how we read non-fiction etc um, I have a bit of an English accent today because we were mucking around before, so I apologise for that. I'm trying to go back to Australian. <laughs> um, our top sort of biography and autobiography of the last few years, so we'll discuss a few of those as well. And then, of course, we're doing uh, What's Bringing Us Joy at the yes. end. So, Mercy, would you like to start with your first current read? Yes. So my first, <clears throat> excuse me, current read of the past couple of weeks um, is The Lager Queen of Minnesota by J. Ryan Stradal. Um, it's not normally a book I would grab, a uh, bit weird title, I get that, um, but it was on several lists from people that I trust of great audiobooks actually, and I was looking for a new one because I'd finished my last one. Um, and it's basically a generational family story of three women, Edith and Helen, who are estranged sisters, and then Edith's granddaughter, Diana. And the story starts with Edith becoming famous in her small hometown in Minnesota for these excellent pies that she bakes at her job. She works in the kitchens of a nursing home and she starts making these amazing pies and people start hearing about it. She's in the local newspaper and um, it weaves through these three different women's lives and for some reason, beer plays a part in all their stories. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, if that puts you off like it did for me initially, I am not a beer drinker and I think it tastes gross <laughs> and it's frankly a waste of calories. But um, this book did make me think, maybe I've just tried the wrong kind of beers. Um, and at no point in this book is anyone like drunk or disorderly or promoting excessive drink or anything. It's really so much more about the brewing and about how the sausage is made essentially than the actual drinking of it. Um, And it just is actually so heartwarming and genuine and full of like grit and determination of all of these women to be better than the circumstances they were born into or handed. And I actually ended up really enjoying it. And now I want to try the rhubarb pie beer that Edith makes because it sounds delicious. (laughs) So that um, was the the Lager Queen of Minnesota by J. Ryan Stradal. And actually, another point about that is I think the author is male. Yes. And the way that he writes, like, female characters is actually really good. Like, they were very well-rounded, very, like... I don't know, just warm and genuine. And I, I really have appreciate heard that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that about that book. Mm. So that's interesting. That's my number one. Right. Cool. What's your number one, Sal? 
So the first one I want to talk about is, um, it's funny because we're talking about nonfiction today and both of my current reads are nonfiction. So mm. that worked out well. Um, my first one is As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride by Carrie Elwes. Oh, he, <laughs> yeah, he played uh, Wesley in the movie The Princess Bride. And I've got to say, I don't actually love that movie very much. I'm not what? big on that. I know, I know. People are going to be annoyed at me. <laughs> but I I don't love it. I don't know. I'm not big on, like, weird movies. <laughs> that <laughs> movie it, is completely normal. What are you talking about? <laughs> which it very much is. But um, anyway, I'd just heard that this book was really good. And I listened to it on audio. And um, it's like a cast ensemble. So pretty much... All but two of the cast members redid it, including like director and producer. They all read parts of the book on audio. So it's really fun to hear their voices and their thoughts. And it's just like a a behind the scenes looks look on how it actually got made. He talks about like lots of little bits that happened um, that you wouldn't normally know that actually ended up in the film. So one thing that I thought was really funny was um, in the part where the six-fingered man and the man in black, so Wesley, is they're fighting, they're having a sword fight, and he knocks um, the six-fingered man knocks him out with the sword, and it, it actually happened in real life, oh, like really? he hit him too hard and the, with a real sword, <laughs> and he knocked him out and ended up in hospital, and that was the take they used in the movie. So oh, I was wow. like, oh, I really want to watch it again and see if I can spot all these things. So, but it was really fascinating and just fun. Like he said, that was just like a. You got it the sense of from all the um the cast that it was just like a one in a kind, one of a kind movie and they just loved making it together, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And obviously it comes across in the movie as well because it's very it has stood the test of time, I think. And they really movie. didn't expect it to be as big a deal as it was. Like it no. was kind of a B grade yeah. like And it took years for yeah. it to get made, actually. It was um he took he talks about like um a lot of uh what is it, like studios had it for a while they were planning to make it and it just never ended up happening so when they finally did there was a lot of pressure on it um to work out but yeah it's really fascinating and very enjoyable I love hearing like it has Billy Crystal Robin Wright like all these people their voices and yeah it's it was really enjoyable I laughed out loud as well in it which is (laughs) uncommon for me (laughs) so definitely a recommend for those who would be interested in that Mm. yeah have you ever read the book, the book of the Princess No, Bride? I never have. It yeah, made me think, oh, I probably should read the book. I'm happy just watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Normally I would never say that, but. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've heard that the movie is better than the book. Yeah. Which is rare. So, yeah. Well, so apparently we William Goldman, who wrote the book, hmm. he was very much a part of the filmmaking. Oh, right. And um, so he really was behind it. And, oh, that's good. <laughs> um. My, <laughs> sorry, Sal just made a funny face at me. This is why we should not record in the same place. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Your second book. <laughs> My second book is The Winter Soldier by Daniel Mason. Um, so while George, not George, that's our other sister. George <laughs> <laughs> oh, should come on the podcast sometime. While Salem has uh, all nonfiction, mine are all fiction today. Great. So, um... Lucius is a medical student in Vienna, Austria, when World War I breaks out and he is sent to this teeny tiny little field hospital up in the mountains where he 
is expecting to work with other doctors and learn a whole bunch on soldiers who've obviously been injured fighting. But he gets there and is introduced to Sister Marguerite, who is the only nurse there, and finds out that he is actually also the only doctor there and he is only a medical student. So going from university where he's barely even touched an actual patient and he now has to like amputate limbs and treat things he's never heard of in the middle of this really harsh rural Austrian winter where the hospital is actually just a church that has mice and fleas and barely any separation of uh, patients. He really has to learn on his feet, but he starts doing it and he really starts knowing his way around. And um, meanwhile, Sister Marguerite is this extremely capable and no-nonsense nun that he's getting to know and maybe develop some feelings for. And then one day they get brought a mysterious patient into their hospital, which triggers a whole chain chain of events that will change all of their life trajectories, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really gripping. It is heavy on the gross war wounds and brutal <laughs> medical treatments. So if that is not something that you generally want to read about, I would avoid it. But um, I found it, even some parts for me, I was like, oh, that that's brutal. <laughs> um, but I found it really, really interesting. And you really feel like you're there. And there's so much that I didn't know, especially about World War One. We read a lot about World War Two, but um, in that area of Europe, in Austria and all the different political alliances and all that kind of stuff that I really had no idea about, to be honest. Um, I feel like I learned a lot about the military side of things in that war as well. The ending, I don't know how I feel about the ending, <laughs> but I think I'm okay with it. <laughs> it. It does resolve things. It's not like an open ending, but I just it just didn't resolve quite how I wanted it to, uh, but it did fit the story, if that yeah, makes sense. I I know so, um, yeah, but it was a really good book. I yeah, really right. enjoyed it. So that was The Winter Soldier by Daniel Mason. Again, a good um, male author. Yep. Um, but... I don't know if it's I don't know if it's his debut. I'm sure he's this very ignorant of me now. I'm sure he's written other books, but I just found this one in um a bookstore one time and just reading the back of it I was compelled to read it, which is not normally like me. Normally I need someone to recommend it as we discussed last week. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I feel good about sticking to my guns on this one. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I like what you said about the World War One and Two. Like yeah. the the difference between even though it was only a span of like what 20 years not even not even that yeah 20 years yeah yeah that the difference in how they fought and what the procedures Mm. they used and all those sort of things is really fascinating yeah and even in that time like what countries were formed and dissolved and what like borderlines moved in that time because of different political stuff was really interesting yeah all right Mm. check that one out i'm always a fan of a world war ii novel (laughs) all right my second one is called Beholding and Becoming, The Art of Everyday Worship by Ruth Shue Simons. And this Ruth Shue Simons is one of my Instagram follows that I just love. She's so authentic on her Instagram. She has like six boys that she's bringing up, <clears throat> excuse me, with her husband. And I don't know really, I was trying to, I was really struggling to know how to describe this book because it's so, um, she's a watercolor artist. So she actually has a shop and she sells her paintings and things like that. But she has written a few books, including this one, obviously. Um, I suppose it's just like, it's a gentle, like teaching of 
worship in the everyday ordinary moments that we often have and that's what our, the majority of our days are made up from uh, is just the everyday and it's just like it's spread out over like 16 um chapters but each chapter is divided into two parts so she has a beholding part and a becoming part and so I just love how practical she is she always has some very practical applications at, at the end of her chapters but um yeah I just I think I just read this book at a really good time as well you know how you read those books and you're like oh that was just the right book for this time yeah um and this is one that I started reading when we were sort of planning to move back to Brisbane and it was just like all these things that I had in my head and it was just sort of helped me slow down and just focus back on on the the priorities in life and have a better perspective um on on life and what I was doing in life and being a mum and a parent and things like that so it was it was really good I've only just finished it though so uh, clearly we'll discuss it's this a later slow burn. but I, t- <laughs> I take a lot longer to read non-fiction than fiction yeah. so um but anyway it was really good and the bonus like her illustrations in it are just like beautiful mm. it's such a pretty book and um and yeah so she's really good I really like her um definitely recommend if you like that sort of yeah book I've heard of her and I've seen it sort of around and I've just never yeah. found it to actually purchase it but yeah. I, now I probably will after that oh. stellar recommendation oh, no <laughs> um third one yeah I have a third one because there was a little bit of a break between these episode recordings so I got an extra book in <laughs> and this is just boasting now yeah that's true <laughs> It's a free time flex once again. <laughs> Yet again. <laughs> I have been on holidays, though, to be fair. Oh, yes. So that's probably why I was able to fit it in. Um, so this one is called Sadie by Courtney Summers. And this is for any fans of the true crime podcast genre. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, it's actually really cleverly told. So Wes is a podcaster who's been contacted by Maybeth. Um <laughs> is kind of surrogate grandmother to these two teenage girls and one has been murdered eight months previously and the second one, Sadie, um, has now gone missing. Mm. So police have looked into it and haven't found anything. So Maybeth is asking this podcaster to look into it more and help her find Sadie. So the story flips back and forth between the podcast episodes, which are like interviews with Maybeth, um, people from the area who last saw Sadie and was himself his like conclusions and discussions with his manager and stuff like that and then it also flips back to sadie's point of view as she's on this mission to find her sister's murderer um it was a smidge confusing to start with but i got the hang of it after the first few chapters and it was actually like super compelling and the audio production of it which i just borrowed from the library um is produced in a really like interesting way with the podcast bits actually having music segments and intros and stuff like that all the background sounds from the interviews are there so if he's like uh, in the story if he's recording someone who's in a trailer park there's like cicadas you can hear in the background and there's a fire pit like crackling um, or there's like general conversational hum in the background so like the production of it is really really cool Um, there is some heavy content to do with murder and some like um yucky pedophilia stuff that Mm. is going on so that is like a trigger warning for you but um my my main issue with this book that took it from being a great read to just a a good read was the ending and there was just really open-ended there was like no resolution it was really frustrating (laughs) um (laughs) 
or maybe it just again it wasn't the resolution that I wanted but some things some things do <laughs> resolve but like the ending is really open-ended and that was oh, that was really frustrating for me I'd committed it all this time um so it was good it wasn't great but the audio production was was stellar mm. so that was Sadie by Courtney Summers I've not heard of that at all I know I was because you know where I heard it from um a po- another podcast mm. that we're talking about great audiobooks oh. I think that one and the Lager Queen of Minnesota were both on yes there. yeah I heard of that. Yeah. good audiobooks yeah oh, there you go yeah glad you enjoyed it well, did I? I don't know. <laughs> I'm still thinking about it, so I guess that means it's good. But I, I don't know. If, a lot of it wasn't actually that enjoyable. But, okay. Um, just because it was quite heavy. Mm. But the writing style was really, really good. Like the descriptions of people and the um, just some of her turns of phrase were really like, oh, that's exactly what that is. Yeah, I love it when they put to yeah. words what you only think in your head. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which sometimes is a weird and wonderful place. <laughs> So yeah, that's those are our current reads. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to talk about some nonfiction, which was actually a a listener request. Oh, so thank our you first for that. Request. I know. Um, so Thanks, Danny, yeah, talking about some nonfiction, and we realized once we started looking into it that nonfiction is actually a massive, oh, so broad topic. So we've kind of divided even further just for this week mm-hmm. um, for into like biographies and autobiographies that are some of our faves, and we will look at. Um, other nonfiction at a later date and we have plenty of stuff to do that with but we just wanted to give it justice and um, and do some of our favorite favorite nonfiction biographies yeah. um, but Sal what how what would you say is your ratio of nonfiction to fiction oh it's hard to put a ratio on it I mm. think but as we were discussing I think I think we've discussed that I read non, more nonfiction than mm. you do um, I don't know. I'd probably say maybe 40% fiction, 60% non Oh, interesting. I was going to say 60-40 the other way. For you? Yeah. Oh, right. I would read 60% fiction, 40% yeah. non-fiction. Yep. But for me, I think it takes longer to read non-fiction, like I was saying before, mm. because often I want to um, – I read a lot of fiction on audio, and so it, for me that's a lot quicker to get through. Yeah. Um, and nonfiction I find easier to read on paper because it's often visual or there's other bits in there or you want to underline or things like that. So it, I want to read it in paper, which is harder for me to do on a regular basis or yeah. probably don't prioritise that as much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it's probably slightly more nonfiction. Oh, interesting. But, yeah, it often takes me – like I could probably finish three or four fiction in one. Nonfiction. Time space. See, I would sense. find slightly different depending depending on the type of nonfiction. To be fair, yeah. I find they're often shorter. Yeah, that's true. And you can often, <laughs> I sometimes skim them a bit more. <laughs> you are a very fast reader, though. Well, you read yeah. books fast. Yeah, <laughs> I do. The yes. definition of a fast reader. <laughs> you, you read books fast. <laughs> very smart sentence. <laughs> My WPM or words per minute. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've never calculated. Um, but I find like if it's a shorter um, biography or I don't know, some books are only like two, two fifty pages. Yeah, most a lot of them. Are so home. like you can get through that pretty quickly. Yeah, but I know true. what you mean. I've tried listening to some. I started listening to Atomic Habits by yes, James Clear yeah. on audio. Yep. And I realized it was really, really good. But yeah. I realized I needed to read it 
yeah. in physical copies. So I could actually, he has like graphs and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I needed to be able to like digest it in smaller chunks. That's the other thing is I often find with nonfiction, I have to think about it a bit more. Mm. And so I want to almost break after every chapter and just sort of digest, Mull it as over. you say. Yeah. Like, so I don't know, that might have something to do with it as well. I yeah. don't feel like I can read it as fast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All the ones that I do read really fast, I then forget usually. Yes. Because I haven't taken the time, <laughs> which is my bad. <laughs> do you have a favourite style of, of nonfiction? nonfiction? Like a genre? Ooh, that's a good question. I love... Um, like travel mm. and food memoirs. Yeah. Because I love both travel and, they and often food. go together, <laughs> they don't do. they? <laughs> um, those are kind of my, some of my favourites. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What about you? Um, I, I love a good um, memoir, just yeah. a general. Yeah. Just in general. I like, I like hearing about people's stories. I mm. think it's fascinating often. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like, um, yeah, anything. So self-improvement also. Yeah. I'm big on that. <laughs> well, that's good. We all should. Be. Well, I try. <laughs> Why would you want to improve on you, Sal? Oh, Your perfection. Who knows? <laughs> so, do you want to get into maybe a few top ones that you've read in the last yes. few years? So, do you want to start us off? Yes. So, talking top biography, autobiography. Um, one of my very top ones that I've read in the past couple of years is "Becoming" by Michelle Obama. Mm, yep. And I know this is a big big one for a lot of people and it is actually a very big book <laughs> um so obviously michelle obama married to barack obama um i don't know what number president he was but he was a president well, um, american we don't need to know <laughs> <laughs> they don't know our prime ministers for sure <laughs> oh, too sorry to our because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we clearly have national so contingent <laughs> um but yeah so it's basically the story of her upbringing from when she was little to her law degree mm. and law school and meeting Barack Obama and getting into politics and becoming first lady, blah, 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 all that that you would expect. But I think I really liked it because um, it wasn't just focused on the presidency and all that that entails. It wasn't like hyping up anything or like, this is all the amazing things that we did. This is what you find in the White House. This is, yeah. there was a little bit of that when she got to it, but it really was just her story and you realize how much more, um, how much life she had lived and experience she had before that ever happened, obviously, but you just don't see that yeah. stuff. Um, and like she was, she was Barack Obama's supervisor at law school. Like she was more superior and had more experience than him initially. Um, and so she was his, his supervisor. That's how they met. And so all, even all those stories of like um, growing up in her neighborhood and being a, a black woman in the time that she was, um, and all the things that she overcame was was really cool. It is a it's a chunky read. It's like five hundred pages, four hundred oh, yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but I I listened to it and she reads the audiobook and so you get to hear her talk. So oh, okay. yeah, she that was a really good one. Becoming by Michelle Obama. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's a good one. What are some of yours? All right. Well, I have my first one, and we've both read this, and I've both loved it. <laughs> I think I've reread it. I know. It's called Beneath the Surface, Killer Whales, SeaWorld, and the Truth Beyond Blackfish by John Hargrave. Um, which, by the way, just a side note, if you've not watched Blackfish, oh, the documentary, you watch must it. put this podcast down and go re <laughs> watch it now. No. Um, I think it's on Stan, and you can get it Is on it YouTube. Is it still on Stan? Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
I'm okay. pretty sure. Maybe I'll rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's so fascinating. Anyway, John Hargrave is he was a trainer at SeaWorld and he sort of grew up um always wanting to be that like it was his ideal job so he always wanted to work with the whales at SeaWorld and so you start off his journey and he's sort of a trainee and he learns the ropes um quite fast he was very like a hard worker and he really got into it and did it and um it's sort of his journey of um starting off he toes the company line I suppose Mm. by like saying um being an advocate for like you know these whales they're we're keeping them alive and if they wouldn't survive out in the in the Mm. wild and they're better off here yeah like that sort of thing and and throughout the book and throughout the years that he worked there he slowly sort of gets a different perspective and um sees how they're treated and their breeding programs and all that sort of stuff which is quite sad (laughs) but it was it just is um the way he talks and just the stories that he has about mm. it's just fascinating because he's in a swimming pool with a yeah. massive whale like creepy it is bizarre but just the stuff that they had to do you get a bit of a sense of like how it was to work there while they had major incidents go on yeah. like there's just google like um killer whale incidents injuries. or yeah. injuries and you'll be on youtube for hours oh, <laughs> let me tell so you so interesting um, and so it's his perspective of being, um, being there with them and, um, doing that. So, um, yeah, it was really, really interesting. So must read. Yes. And you should really watch Blackfish. It is yes, so interesting. For sure. For sure. Cool. What about you? My Another next one? one is, uh, Educated by Tara Westover. Mm-hmm. And again, another one that's been everywhere and a lot of people have probably read. But um, Tara Westover was, well, is, she's still alive, <laughs> um, grew up in like a, a doomsday prepper kind of household in mid, mid-America. They're in the backwoods of nowhere, really. Mm. Um, and her dad is like this crazy um, anti-government, anti everything kind of guy they grew up not going to school she wasn't given a birth certificate she wasn't registered anywhere um she never set foot into a school until she was like in her late teens um she never went to a hospital um her mum was like the local midwife doctor became everything um and they learned all these like crazy farming accidents because they're on a farm and um she just tried to heal all these accidents at home. Like one of her brothers got really severely burnt and her mum just used this special cream that she made oh. and he lay in their basement for months recovering, like just crazy stuff. Um, and her dad just was so, um, oh, I don't know. There's just something about him that was really creepy and crazy. <laughs> he just was really um, convicted about his ideas and it was really like a cult really Mm. um so she grew up in this weird environment um ends up in her late teens realizing she needs to go her brother starts getting really violent um all of her other siblings have sort of left home and um she realizes that she needs to to leave as well so she ends up going to university and becoming very very well educated but you kind of see through her eyes what the education system looks like for someone who has never been inside a school or has never mm. learnt formally in any way. Um, it's just really fascinating, really like sad in some parts. 
um, what her and her family went through. Um, but just completely fascinating. I just was riveted. Have you read that one, Sarah? Yeah, it's super nuts. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> her dad is nuts. Oh, he, you just think, wow, how can anyone survive that environment? Because he yeah. was very, not physically abusive or anything like no. that, but just like, what, like emotionally abusive yeah. and like just growing up without an identity basically and mm. imagine like having to get into uni and all that sort of stuff and, and her, being so her, fearful of everyone and everything because they're coming at yeah, like yeah everyone's out to get you basically. yes that yeah. mindset of yeah and her, her brother like a, had that accident and got a brain brain damage didn't mm. he so that's why he became oh mum yeah, got brain right, damage right like lots violent. of weird accidents just happened. weird stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fascinating is a good word yeah. for it. <laughs> totally nuts. <laughs> As Salem would put it. <laughs> On the top of my game in this episode. It is um, actually very weird recording next to each other. We probably haven't had that before, but we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> All right. My second one is The Cross and the Switchblade by David Wilkerson. It going was, old school. Old I school. am going old school. This was like 1970. It was written. <laughs> So um, anyway, it's I just gonna yeah it's just a um, it's about David Wilkerson. So he's so it's a, obviously an autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a priest, I suppose, um, that is sent to New York from Pennsylvania in the U.S. Without he has no money, so he basically has to sleep in his car, and he wants he sort of is wanting to witness to. Um, and reach out to like gang members in New York City, which of which there are many. There's mm. gangs roaming er- around everywhere in the 1970s, or well, earlier than that, I suppose. Mm. And probably now, if we're being honest. <laughs> well, let's be honest. Um, yeah. Anyway, he really wants. He has a heart for that, and he wants to get, um, you know, sort of mentor to them, to them, and reach them. Um, the main. Uh, storyline I suppose he has a lot of there's a lot of storylines but the main one he talks about and you may have heard of this book is Run Baby Run by Nikki Cruz and Nikki Cruz was the head of the gang uh, the Mau Mau's that he predominantly worked with and um, so it's a lot of his story and how he really worked hard on um, reaching him through heroin addiction and violence and all those prostitution it's not for the faint of heart like there's some really like gruesome things mm. that they talk about but um but it was just life that was life for them so um it's really um confronting but also challenging it was uh, I remember mm. reading it as a teenager and being very challenged about that so it's definitely one to read it's only little life either so mm. it's really quick to read and you'll just it's almost like fiction yeah because it's um it's telling it in that story and you just want to know what happens and, and it's also so far out there like how yes. is this even real like what are they doing yeah <laughs> what are you doing with do your people life? actually do this yes just yeah the heroin um injection like they talk a lot about her his girlfriend who um, is addicted to heroin. She mm. needs her two injections a day. So there's a lot of like drug references. Yeah, a lot of drug references. But it's just yeah, it's sad. But it's really really good and impact impacting me. Yeah, impacted me. <laughs> I'll get my words out soon. It's still impacting you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the cross of the switchblade by David Wilkerson. Mm. I remember reading that as well in my teens. Yeah. Um, Good way to and get off drugs, like to not want to go on yeah, drugs. Yeah, tell you what. <laughs> Thanks, Mum. Um, yeah, right. 
Um, but also, yeah, just the how far would I go for for people and for reaching out for people and trying to help people? Yeah. Because he just was put his life on the line. Oh, totally. Like, for, he could have got killed many a time. Yeah. Um, but they actually started to really respect him and, and welcome him in. Yeah. It's very... It's um, amazing, really. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So those are just some of our... Um, autobiography biography genre <laughs> favorites we, we had to hold ourselves back yes from like just giving them all away we have but... a much bigger list here but for another day yes and if you want more you'll have to talk to us directly yes <laughs> please um, do <laughs> yeah please do we like to hear from you um so yeah sal now yeah. we that now the part of our show we talk about what's bringing us joy whether it's a product or a podcast or a tv show or anything really what's been bringing you joy this week okay mine this week is a product which Ooh. is a bit different it is an item of clothing oh i so. know i am loving the v-neck t-shirt from target <laughs> <laughs> i just put it in the gray color yep and i've ordered it now in the black and the white because oh. it is so comfortable oh. it just seem it just feels like i'm just living in t-shirts at the moment which mm. i know i'm so just good. at home like I don't know what it is about it. I feel like it still looks put together, even though I just threw it on. Anyway, that's nice. why you should send me the link for that. Well, I'm going to put it on the show notes, so it'll be there next week. Great. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, it's just called the V-neck T-shirt. Great. <laughs> it's like fifteen bucks. Love me a good T-shirt. Me too. I actually so. just did a big um, wardrobe clean out. Oh. oh. And tried on every piece of clothing that I own to see if it sparked joy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm recondoed it fully. Yeah. Um, and I rediscovered all these t-shirts that I had been like not wearing because I was like, oh, I don't think I like that. But I hadn't actually put them on in oh. ages. And I was like, oh, t-shirts yeah. are the way of the future. <laughs> Especially in this weather where it's just that yeah. in-between weather. Yeah. T-shirts winning. Yep. Loving it. Good call. Great. What's, what's bringing you joy? Well, I have two little things because I can't stop oh, myself. Oh, you can't. Classic. Um, one quite small and one is my actual recommendation. Okay. So my very small thing is I have discovered peppermint tea. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, I always was like, ew, gross, why would you want to yeah. drink that? And I don't like generally things that are mint flavoured. No, neither do I. No. So, But I had it the other day. I think I had a spare, like, what's the word? Tea bag <laughs> in oh, my yes. cupboard. <laughs> oh, yes, that thing you use to make tea. Um, and so I was like, oh, yeah, this will be, this will be nice. I tried it. Delicious. So now I boxed, <laughs> I boxed, I bought a box <laughs> of peppermint tea, yep. um, brought it home and found out that I must have had a similar revelation recently because I had a second box of peppermint tea. <laughs> well, now you're set. Now I'm set, set for, for life. So peppermint tea is my one. But okay. my actual yep. recommendation yeah. of what's been bringing me joy is watching Jack Ryan on Amazon oh, Prime. Oh, yes. It is so good. Is it? We just finished season one last night. Yeah. Um, and started season two because <laughs> we can't help ourselves. Um, it's so good. So I have never read the book. There's a Tom yeah, no, Clancy book. Yep. Um, and apparently, as per Brad, the movie was terrible. Okay. But the show is really, really good. So starring John Krasinski, also known as Jim Halpert. Yep. But he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird to me when they announced that he was going to be Jack Ryan because I, I just don't I don't picture him as like the lead character of no. like. Or like serious? an action, a action serious man. I know, but he is. Yeah, right. He does a good job. Okay. Um, so, yes, it is really, really good. Some, like, quite intense moments in it. 
a lot of um because it's following they're trying to get this terrorist cell from syria um so and it, they do a pretty good job of i would say of depicting sort of the situation over there and um they go a bit into refugees and what they have to go through to get out and so like a few bit of it was like whoa this is really intense mm. um but really good to watch and just so like the way they weave the story was amazing it was yeah. very well done oh cool so i would recommend to it check it out mm. where is that on it's on amazon prime okay mm. yep great yes i know <laughs> so if you don't have amazon prime i'm sure there's another way you can get the yeah. seven day free trial yeah and you'll smash what, it just out. smash it out. it's only eight episodes so okay. it's yeah, a good cool. one nice so yeah that's what's been bringing me joy great another good week in ISO. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hopefully not too more to, many No, more we're getting there. We're getting there. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this week. We love talking books. So if you'd um, have any questions, suggestions, please leave us a comment or a DM on our Instagram. It is thebookplace.pod. We would love to hear from you. Or if you just want to chat books in general, mm. we'd love to do that. Um, otherwise, have a great week and thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.